Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook. I'm delighted to be in your company again. In the Christian Basics series, more on the ordinance of baptism. Last time, here on Serving Today with the help of Dr John Hall, we began our look at Christian baptism. And John mentioned that baptism symbolises initiation. So Derek French asked him what he meant by that. Well, initiation means entering into or beginning. Initiation is the way you enter into or are seen to belong to the Christian community. You become part of a local church through baptism. It's a public testimony, as we've been saying, that now you are following Christ. You remember in Acts, after Peter preached the gospel to his hearers and they were cut to the heart, they asked Peter what were they to do? And the Apostle Peter replied in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And then it goes on to describe that he explained much more to them about what this involved. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Now, who then was baptised then at the end of this? Well, he goes on in verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The way they belonged to that new community added to the number, was accepting the message, they'd repented, and they demonstrated the reality of that repentance and faith in Christ by being baptised. So they had shown that they'd received from Christ the forgiveness of sins and also the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so this really was the the beginning of a new life for them, this initiation that you were saying. And the beginning of a new life together as a community, not just for them as an individual. Each of them, as they had faith in Christ, would have had new life in their hearts. But the outward and visual demonstration that they belonged together and belonged to Christ came through baptism. Mm. Now, you also mentioned earlier that the Holy Spirit is symbolised through baptism or the Holy Spirit's work in in the believer's life. How does that come out? Well, the one who unites us to Christ is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us understanding, gives us faith to trust Christ. So you can't be a Christian without having him in your heart. And so Peter links baptism with the receiving of the Holy Spirit, as we've seen in Acts 2. Because baptism symbolises the Spirit baptising us into Christ and us being baptised or immersed in the Spirit. You remember what he said when the people heard this? This is Acts 2, 37 and 38. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So baptism is a way of symbolising the reception of the gift of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 
John, you also said that baptism symbolised the seal, if you like, of, of the Lord's work in the believer's life. And that word seal is not a word that we perhaps use very commonly today. I think of sealing an envelope before mm. I send it off to post. But that's not really, is it, what is behind what you're saying here? Well, seal is something similar in the sense that seal shows you belong to the person. He seals you, secures you, puts his uh, seal of ownership upon you. So it secures and proves the thing that's sealed to be genuine. So in Scripture, the Holy Spirit seals the believer, showing that they belong to God and that they are secured for that inheritance prepared for them. So as baptism symbolises the reception of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work in the believer's life, so it's an outward confirmation of the work of the Spirit, an outward confirmation that they are genuinely Christian and belong to God. For instance, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, Paul speaks of us all being baptised by one spirit into one body. Please, would you read that for us, Derek? For we are all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and you were all given the one spirit to drink. And also it says something similar about as being marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. So baptism symbolises receiving the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one that seals us and so it can be seen to be indicating that seal or pledge that we really do belong to God. You remember how the Apostle Paul brings it all together in Ephesians 4 verses 4 to 6 where he says there's one body, that's Christ's body and the, the local church is Christ's body, one spirit who makes us all united to Christ. And he says, just as you were called to one hope, the hope of that inheritance to come that the Holy Spirit seals us to, when you were called one Lord, one Lord Jesus Christ, one faith, just one way of being saved, one baptism, one way of indicating you are a Christian, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Well then, John, if we can take things on now just a little stage further, we've seen what baptism means. In the New Testament then, who were those who were baptised? In the New Testament, all the examples of baptism are those who already believe, who have repented, believed and accepted the message. Why, if you like, was it limited to them? And what about, for example, when we're told in Acts 16 and verse 33 that both the jailer at Philippi and all the others in his house were baptised? How do we know they were all believers? because it symbolises what has already happened to them, union with Christ by faith. We've seen that baptism in and of itself doesn't save. It's just an outward sign of an inward change. And therefore the inward change needs to be there for the outward sign to be carried out. Let's now turn to the question of the jailer and his household in Acts 16. You remember, it's a wonderfully dramatic story of God's saving grace. There's an earthquake... The jailer wakes up, he fears that his prisoners have all gone and is about to commit suicide. But Paul cries out and shows that they're all there. The jailer, moved by this sign of care, trembling, says, what must I do to be saved? Notice what Paul says. This is what you have to do to be saved. He doesn't say be baptised initially. 
He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And then the word of the Lord was spoken to him and the others in his household. And then the jailer, he and all his family were baptised. And the story ends like this in verse 34 of Acts 16. He, the jailer, was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. And so I think the story here is that all had believed and all those that had believed were baptised. So really the age of the person is not the issue. No, it's believing in Christ is the issue. John, what you've shown us from the Bible has been very helpful, but there's one further issue that I'd like you to clarify and explain to us if you can. If baptism symbolises the wonderful salvation that God gives to believers, why was Jesus baptised? Because he had no need of salvation because he was sinless. Can you help us here? Yes, Derek. Let's read this account in Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now John's baptism isn't Christian baptism, because it was a baptism of repentance, we're told. And Jesus, although he was not a sinner and never sinned, was baptised by John because, as it says, he wanted to fulfil all righteousness. Now you may say, well, what does it mean to fulfil all righteousness? Well, Jesus came to redeem sinners, to live, to suffer and to die in their place in order to save them. So in his baptism, he identified with them and he also identified him with his task and demonstrated the reception of the Holy Spirit and his anointing and empowerment to do the work that God had set before him. Well then, John, in conclusion of our discussion of this subject... In a sense, this is returning to what baptism symbolises, but what responsibility does baptism place upon the person who is baptised? Well, we've seen, Derek, that it symbolises union with Christ, our incorporation, admission into his body, which is shown practically in belonging to a local church. But what exactly does that mean for us in our daily living? I mean, can you anchor what you've said in Scripture? Well... Baptism publicly identifies the person baptised with Christ and therefore Christ's honour is tied with how that Christian then lives and a good summary of the responsibilities is seen in Ephesians 4, 1-16 which we've looked at before but let's just read a few more verses from there. Paul urges the Christians to live a life worthy of their calling. What's this sort of life got to be like? Well, you've got to forbear with one another in love. They're urged to maintain the unity of the Spirit within the Christian community. They're urged to avoid false teaching. It ends like this. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow into him who is the head, that is Christ. 
From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the person baptized needs to be active and diligent in serving Christ in a local congregation so that their gifts can be used there and the whole body can be built up, including the individual that goes to serve and to live within that community. They also need to realise that when they fall into sin, they bring down Christ's name into the mud of dishonour. People say, look, that man's a Christian and he's living like that. Paul applies it like this in 1 Corinthians 6. He says we're to flee from sexual immorality because they're members of Christ. He says this in verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore honour God with your body. Baptism means we are on Christ's side, that we must follow him, that we must obey him, that we must serve him, that we must live well for him, seeking to bring honour and glory to his name and not dishonouring his name by sin. Well, that brings this edition of Serving Today to a close. Until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God bless you. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.